Hello everyone, welcome to Talk Talks, TOC Talks. I'm Andrew, your host, the Director of Marketing for the Oxford Center. And I have an awesome guest with me today. Um, her name is uh, Ashley, she just threw another one on me. Ashley, your middle- Waddell. Waddell Tingstad. Yes. And uh, the Waddell was new for me. I thought it was just Ashley Tingstad. Um, and uh, she's an estate planning attorney. Um, and you know that a couple episodes ago, we had Justin on, who's a financial advisor. And it's, this is something that I know that um, parents of that special needs population uh, have to think about. They have to, um, and they're gonna have to make it a priority. And so I wanted to kind of give as much information as I could come up with and invite some awesome people on here uh, to give us some help. So um, we're gonna talk to her. She's got an amazing story I've been hearing a little bit about um, lately with, with her family and kind of why she got into uh, this line of business, I guess you could say, and helping people. So we'll get right into it. So welcome to the program, Ashley. Good to have you here. Thank you. It's really good to be here. This is an amazing place. Yes, it's pretty cool, isn't it? We just <laughs> did a really tour. It's really cool. I know. <laughs> Mind blown. <laughs> yes, I hear that a lot. Oxford is an amazing place. It means a lot to my family. Uh, we would not be where we're at today without Oxford. Um, they are lit, like, it, it, you look back and you can see God moving in every step mm. that we took here, um, especially when we decided to, to make the move up here. Like everything fell into place and mm. the only way it could work was God. Uh, to be completely honest, sir, I told you to cry. Um, and uh, so I want to talk a little bit about your story. You were telling me a little bit about your son. Um, first, before we get into that, well, actually, let's do that. Let's talk okay. about your journey, uh, what kind of brought mm -hmm. you and gave you the passion for estate planning. So my estate, my passion for estate planning is actually predated my son's arrival by a few years. Okay. Um, it's really interesting because um, I was a I was a litigator, okay. so commercial litigation mostly. But I did a lot of things. I did some criminal law, immigration. I did a I, I moved around mm -hmm. um, state to state uh, with my husband and family. So um, I ended up practicing in various areas of law until we settled in Ann Arbor, and um, in. In 2018, my dad was dying of cancer at age 62, mm. and he was an engineer, so he was very, you know, <laughs> prepared guy. Right. And he had his whole estate plan done, and everything was thought through, and he had time, and he was dying of cancer. Um, and at the time, I, like most young families, like mm -hmm. most young parents, even like young attorney parents, right. <laughs> uh, did not have an estate plan. Yeah. And so I spent seven weeks with my dad on hospice. I took a leave from work and I stayed with him when he was on hospice until he died. And um, that was a very profound experience. I bet. Yes, I, I didn't choose death. I believe it chose me. Yeah. So it sort of shifted everything for me in terms of like caring about, thinking about estate planning and then in 2020 when the pandemic happened, everything went on pause, including right. a lot of litigation. And I had time to really, and I don't know, I think a lot of people made changes in 2020. They did. Like I had, I just somehow had right. the like gumption to make the jump. Right. And I had really wanted to. And so I finally did and I started my practice, Tree Town Law in 2020 actually. Um, and then, uh, in January of 2022, 
my third child was born, mm -hmm. um, and his name was Vigo Rick. Vigo. Middle, I like Vigo. that. Vigo. I know, isn't it? <laughs> That's, Vigo it's so Rick. different, but it's, it's a yeah. cool name. Yeah, and Rick um, was my dad's name. Okay. Yeah. So he was born uh, at 32 weeks by an emergency C-section. The pregnancy was pretty unremarkable until toward the end. Yeah. Um, and so that was this big surprise. And we went, he was immediately in the NICU. It was immediately clear that there were some things that were wrong. He needed extra help to breathe. Yeah. And he needed, he had a, a needed surgery on the second day of life. Mm. Um, and it was very complicated from the beginning. And we did about two weeks after he was born, after they had run like every test in the book, we got the genetic testing back. Yep. And he was diagnosed with an extremely rare genetic condition called trisomy 5P. Okay. So a lot of people have heard of Down syndrome, trisomy yep. 21. Um, there's also the more common other trisomies are 13 and 18. Okay which are pretty severe, can be pretty severe um, physically, medically, um, and 5P would be even much more rare than that. Right. I so, think you said before there's like 10 people that you could find in the world. That, less than 10. Less than yeah. 10 that have this condition. Yes. Wow. So it's, he, he had the f most extreme version, which is, you know, um, a full five, the full 5P arm duplication in every single cell. Wow. So there was no mosaicism for him. So it was a very rare and very shocking and our, you know, uh, I think the, the published medical literature on this, on this um, condition was like about that thick. Right. It was very small. Right. So there wasn't a whole lot to go on. Um, and uh, he had a lot of severe medical conditions. Um, he was also extremely engaging. Oh, I look at some of the photos. This yeah. kid looks happy. Uh, like he, he loves life. We are very fortunate. He lived long enough to give us smiles. Oh, I love it. And he also made the best eye contact. <laughs> he would like yep. gaze into your eyes and until you had to look away. Like right. he would win every staring right. contest. <laughs> um, it was just like magical. I, 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 he was staring into my soul. Um, and we, uh, he would hold our hands, and he he was very like generous with his time, yeah. because um, he would let anybody hold him. Oh wow! Just anybody, like unlike most babies right, you've yeah. ever met. Right. Um, so people would come into his nursery to take time to hold him, yeah. and he would just sort of you were the only person in the universe to it. him. It was really really magical. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, he died uh, at the age of six months mm. um, on July 18th, actually. So we're coming up on the one-year oh, yeah. anniversary. Yeah. Um, he died in uh, in the PICU at Mott. Um, and yeah, there's a lot to say about that. I I, I have a um, I have a blog that I write oh, okay. about my experience. We'll put it in the description. With him, yeah, yeah for sure. Um, so. When I, you know, I took some time, I couldn't work, I right? I had imagine. started this practice right. and I had, I was like really into, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very type A, so there's a funny story about how I was admitted with, um, uh, my, my water broke at 32 weeks, so mm -hmm. they, I didn't know this. Right. <laughs> I had had two babies already, but I didn't know that you, you get admitted right. when that happens. Right, things move along and they, real And quick. they like lock you in, like you can't, I was like, can I please go home and say goodnight to my kids? They were like, nope, 
you yeah. can't leave. This right. is an emergency. Right. And I was like, what? Why? <laughs> so I, it, it was definitely, so I had, I had been planning to um, start my maternity leave a few weeks later. So I just had about four more client families the to finish up. The best laid plans. Yeah, right? right? So I, I had two signings scheduled for the next day after I was oh, admitted. Wow. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to be here for a couple weeks. Let's do these signings remotely tomorrow morning, you know. And so from my hospital bed, we did two signings. <laughs> Other attorneys in town helped me and my assistant. And so I was just like, yeah, we're going to keep going. It's going to be great. And these other folks will just schedule you in a few weeks after right. the baby's born. Everything will be fine. And then, of course, when Vigo came, my world yeah. uh, shattered. Yep. Shattered and then was rebuilt. Right. So I experienced um, that feeling that I, I have read um, other moms of special needs kids talk about. Um, not just special needs, but, you know, se severe medical conditions. Right. Um, that, uh, you know, professionally, that was, I wasn't sure that I would ever reopen my practice. Yep. I was um, a full-time caregiver. My mom um, retired yep. and came and moved into my, basically into my house and was a full-time caregiver. Right. Um, and we, we always knew that this was probably very life-limiting, right. but we also had hope that maybe he would, we didn't know how long he was going to live, but we were hoping that, you know, maybe he would stick, stick with us for a while. Um, so we, for us, it was a lot of uh, trying to figure out, we got um, Medicaid, mm -hmm. actually covered some home care yeah. nursing, which we used for night shifts so we could sleep. Right. Because he was on a breathing machine, so he yeah. needed to be monitored 24-7. Um, and we got children's special health care, and um, we also were enrolled in hospice. So we actually got amazing hospice services. Wow. Um, but we had something called a concurrent care, which is not available in every state, but it is available in Michigan, where you can have only in pediatrics, you can have hospice, and at the same time, you can um, pursue curative care. Oh, interesting. Both. Wow, that's crazy. At the same time. Because right. usually hospice, that, that's, right. your, that's your line. That's you know? adult hospice. Right. So um, children's hospice is very different. So we had we were in concurrent care. So we were pursuing curative treatments. Right. And we were getting all of the benefits of hospice. For hospice um, qualification, your doctor just has to say that it's more likely than not that there's right. less than six months to live. Right. Um, and so Vigo qualified for that. And we, so we experienced all these systems yeah. in the state of Michigan, and we were really amazed and grateful yeah. for the services that we received. Um, we did start taking him to PT and OT. Mm -hmm. Those were, those were adventures that yeah. were really, really nice. I get that one. He was very, you know, he was sort of like super engaged. Oh, too, not and... Gracie. I, when she started PT, <laughs> oh my goodness. It was a solid 45 minutes of not wanting to be there. Uh, we bounced around a bit to find the right PT yeah. for her. She's very selective on who she likes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, especially who she gives hugs to. But we, we bounced around uh, until we found somebody that 
she could tolerate. Yeah. Um, we usually get about 10, 15 minutes to where she would be okay, and then she was like, I am done with this. Done with this. So that is very good. You were fortunate <laughs> in that aspect. I mean, he was really little, so maybe that's why he was a yeah. little. It was, but um, but then when we did start, uh, and and again, I don't have a lot of experience with this, but. We did start trying to figure out, okay, we want to order like this special medical wheelchair. Mm -hmm. um, we want to order, um, or special medical stroller. We want to order these like types of chairs like that he would you need. You went through PMNR and And we and were trying to, and then we, that's when we were like, hey, wait a minute, where's the money for this? Right. You know, because I wasn't working anymore. Right. Our income went down to one quarter. Of what we were making before because my husband had had to take so much time it was it was yeah. really incredible yep. um so we experienced a little bit of that like oh okay so this kind of these these um devices that are going to really improve his quality of life and help him to be mobile right. are really seem really out of reach like it's kind of a big maze to try there, to figure as soon out as how you to get those make something special needs you're five times the cost of, yeah. of anything else. Um, and the hoops you have to jump through. We're working right now on getting a different stroller. You know, we have the Wonderful Wagon and that's awesome. And we got a discount on that through, um, you can have a letter from like PT, a, a physical mm -hmm. therapist, right? And we got a, a good discount on that, but that's not, you can, mm -hmm. you have to fit that in an expedition. You can't even put that thing in an Explorer. It's massive. Wow. You know, and, but we need some of these specialized medical devices right now. and. The system makes you go through, and we have private insurance. You have to go through a PM&R doctor. Then they have to, they will contact the different, mm. um, you know, places, equipment manufacturers, and things mm. like, or people that sell the, the the DME durable medical equipment. And it's like, so we visited. We had our appointment. I don't know, a month and a half ago. And they're like, well, sometime in you know October, you'll you'll have another visit with uh, this medical equipment person, and then they'll start working down the path. It's like she's going to be ten years old by the time we get. Her. A, a stroller that she fits in okay. it's the whole system's crazy luckily um alicia our doctor of physical therapy who is our director of clinical services she has all these same contacts mm. and she's going around mm. um and it'll we're hoping to get things a lot mm. a lot quicker so i don't i don't you know it's it's rough it's rough and i mean like i said i didn't go through all of that but i did go through enough of spending like the whole day on the phone yep yep every day i'm like i can barely care for my kid I'm, my mom's caring for him so that i can spend the day on the phone fighting i'm never going to be able to work again right because there i have no mental bandwidth right for, and, and and it there's a lot it was and it's a fight and it, it, like here we fight for these kids and if so, if we don't fight for them no one will um, their parents can only fight so much, you know, we oh, have yeah. to do some of the fighting. We yeah. have to help them. Parents need advocates because Absolutely. we're exhausted, right? Yep. And traumatized and... Uh, yep. We fight yeah. for like through the way the insurance works, you know, you show too much progress, they'll cut hours. You show not <laughs> enough progress, they'll cut hours. And so it is a constant battle, Wow. you know, to get the kids the care they deserve. Yeah. You know, so um, that's yeah. what moms know, though. Yeah. Moms, moms fight, and that's yeah. what moms are so special. <laughs> so, so tell me a little bit about um, the rest of this. You know, right. um, the journey that you had here. Um, you want to know more about Vigo? Yes. <laughs> um, we had our own little. So we spent a lot um, over almost sixty days in the ICU. Wow. 
Yeah, so the first 40 days of his life we were in the ICU. We actually discharged. Um, we got we got to take him home, and that's one that was one of our big goals mm -hmm. was to take him home. We had to make a lot of really hard medical decisions for Vigo, yeah, um, because he was going to be machine dependent for life. Yep, and also had a lot of other um, a lot of medical conditions, and so I think one one of the things I learned, and it seems similar to what something you were saying when you were giving me the tour, is just this idea of having like a holistic Mm -hmm. view of a child, um, it's hard to find that professional yep. that will look at the whole child. Yep. Because our medical system and is designed for people to be subspecialized and they're sort of like looking at a tiny piece. Yes. And we learned that um, through the crucible of the NICU. Um, so Vigo had neurological issues, he had breathing issues, he had digestive issues, um, orthopedic, And the thing everything. is, a lot of them are connected, but that you have one doctor that specializes in that one of those 10 things, even though that number 10 affects all the other nine. I know. Um, but no, I, I completely, yeah. completely agree. And it's so the challenge. You're, when, when parents are asked to um, make a decision about treatment or a medical intervention or whatever we're being asked to do, we're often being asked by the specialist that specializes in that thing. Right. And so we were being asked questions about some very invasive medical procedures right. that um, just, just by the doctor who does that thing, the surgeon who does that right. thing. And our question was always, okay, but how, how, does, how would, would this surgery yeah. impact a person with all of the other things that he has. Well, that's really a question for the other subspecialist. <laughs> that's a question for neurology. I that's get it. a question. I get for, it. And so we felt like we were sort of the hub of information from all these subspecialists and right. we were not even medical people. Right. And so what we found in, in our context because of the severity of Vigo's condition was that really the palliative care physician was the doctor who looked at the whole child, right. yep. who could synthesize all those subspecialties and eventually got us all in one room together. Yep. Because I did, we didn't want to make a medical decision about one little piece of his body right. without really understanding how that was going to affect the rest of his life. 100%. Um, and so I think that being in a place like this Find or finding those those people. Um, for us, it was palliative care, who can look at the whole child. Right, made all the difference in the world because that's yep. what we do as parents. Yes, that's what we do. Hundred percent. We are looking at our whole the whole child, and we care specifically, mostly about what is their experience. Right. We always wanted to center Vigo's subjective experience in every decision we made. And our goals for him, I remember they were saying, well, what's your goal for Vigo? And they were using some weird coded language in the NICU. Like, what's your goal for him? And I was like, I don't understand. Should my goal be, I'm like, should it be that he, like, can walk? Right. Or, like, that he can, I don't know what the goal, like, I'm like, I'm like, he said, I don't understand. And then, you know, over time, I came to understand that sort of like this idea is do you do you want to focus on comfort? Uh, 
right, versus like some serious interventions. And so we, so we coalesced around the goal that our child, I think their goal for every parent, for every child, is that they feel comfortable, yeah. safe, and loved, right. first and foremost. Absolutely. And so that looks different for every family. It does. And for every child. And that's the other thing I learned is just like every single one of these children and every single one of our families yep. is its own universe. Absolutely. And so, um, yeah, really approaching each and every family that way and each and every child that way, you know. So. I um, think that translates well into estate planning. Yeah. All right, so what I wanna do is, um, thank you so much for telling us kind of your personal journey. Um, I want to cut this episode and then in the next episode, let's get into the nitty gritty of things, the estate planning. Um, so we're going to uh, stop this episode. We've heard an incredible journey. Um, we both teared up a little bit. And um, we're going to continue talking here. Um, and we'll air this episode next Thursday, um, which will show, showcase all of state planning. And it's going to get very technical. Get your notepads out. Um, and it's going to be pretty cool. So um, we're going to cut this episode, and we'll see you guys next week.